Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. Got all your entertainment news in one place. Lots to to get into. We have updates on the Clayton Eckerd paternity scandal. I've got Hannah Brown releasing a new uh, fictional book. And some, uh, of course, as always, Taylor Swift, a Vanderpump Rules trailer we'll get into. And some content from Rachel Lindsay's season of The Bachelorette. Namely, our first piece of content was Brian Abasolo, and we made a video about this on YouTube today, but Brian Abasolo coming to the defense of the lady he is divorcing. Of course, lots of commentary online chatter, might you say, about who's responsible for the demise of the relationship. A lot of folks say she put her career ahead of her, you know, a lot of antiquated ways of thinking. Well, Brian might have had the best response to somebody who said, what did she expect? She was flying across the country. They weren't even living together. Brian corrects this person and says, congrats to the 36 years. Wow. To be fair, we've been living together for almost three years now in L.A. Not sure why people think we've been apart this entire time. Yes, her career came first, but there were opportunities for her that were smart for her to take, which could not have been offered later. It's hard as it is for women of color to get big gigs, which I've observed through watching Rachel's efforts. I didn't have anything lined up for me in L.A., but we were a team, so I closed up shop, uprooted, and opened up a new business in Los Angeles. It's not just women who should be expected to sacrifice, but a man can do it too. Her building, her future was not the problem. I would encourage anyone to pursue their dreams and hope they have a healthy support system to do so. Now, look, I absolutely understand what he's saying here. Hey, look, not one side of a relationship should sort of, uh, you know, sacrifice for the other. It's a give and a take. And in this relationship, it appears as though Rachel was more of a breadwinner financially on the West Coast, whereas Brian had to leave his business in Miami and start over. I mean, you have to imagine that type of business as a chiropractor is based on years of trust. People don't just let you snap their necks for nothing. And his chiropractor office, I've been here, I've been there in Los Angeles when I was there. It's a great one, but you know, it's not one of those storefront locations where some random person stops by. You know, I think in, I think now nowadays, a lot of these chiropractors, they call them like the snap and cracks, the crack shops or whatever, where you go in for five minutes, they crack you and you get out and it's like 20 bucks. Well, Brian seems to have a more hands-on approach and ladies, let me tell you something. If you want to feel a certain way, let Brian Abasolo put his hands on you. I mean, I was questioning all sorts of beliefs after I was, he snapped me right back into reality. That's right. I got the whole spinal adjustment, if you know me. I had a stiff neck, and now I've got, okay, let's move it on. So anyway, uh, good on Brian, but also you could see possibly he's building the case to say, hey, it's not just women who sacrifice for men. What he is saying, you know, between the lines is that he sacrificed for her. And will that mean she'll owe him something in their divorce? I understand the way we, we shame 
in the way we look at things and go, oh, how dare he divorce her and ask for something in return? Well, what if his business lost a quarter million bucks while hers gained a quarter because he was, you know what I mean? What if that was the case? Now, I understand there's no kids involved, so the cleanest, easiest split would be them just dividing assets and getting over it, but that's not always what happens. And speaking of dividing assets, I'll have for you guys in a few minutes the extended trailer for tonight's premiere of season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. We'll have that for you in a second, but first, let's go over to another member of Rachel Lindsay's season, Iggy. Here he is, former contestant on Rachel Lindsay's season, talking about how produced The Bachelorette is and some other behind-the-scenes info. Have a listen. Awkward interactions or guys having these like heart to hearts, it's producers that'll sit you down and be like, Iggy, what do you think about this thing? Oh, and ask Mark what he thinks about this thing and then talk about the thing that we want you to talk about. So it's in a sense scripted. It is as close to, it's a produced show. I'll put it yeah. that way. Like they don't tell you what to say, but they will sit there and listen to you talk until they get whatever they need to build the narrative around the show. Everybody, and this, this is what I've been told and I believe it to be true, everyone, but like the top two people are producer edits. Mm. So the main guy or girl picks their favorite two people and that's like pretty much it. Everyone else fills a specific role that the producers want from them on the show. And the longer you play that role, the better you play that role for them, the longer you stick around. So when you see people doing shit and you're like, I would never in a million years ever do that or say that. Number one, you're hammered the entire time. They're just feeding you alcohol. They feed you alcohol the entire time. None of us are actors, right? Maybe guys are like models or whatever, but having a camera in our face is it's a pretty uncommon experience you're, you're awkward you're like, right you need to like loosen up a little bit they know that so they feed you drinks all day every day they put you in really stressful positions you only sleep a couple hours a night you're filming until maybe like two three in the morning and then you're up right away like to crack at dawn to film the stuff they didn't get from the previous night so you're super hungover you're irritable you're in a house full of like super aggro guys you don't want to get cut you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on you can't work out so there's no like stress relief mm -hmm. it's just this like tension that builds in the house and that's called being in a cult folks now look uh you guys who follow my channel know how this works this is what it is it's a non-scripted highly produced show the fact that they get away calling it reality is one of the funniest things about it because there's very little real things that come from it i mean just as many real relationships come from scripted shows you know, showmances and things like that, as they do from this show. The This show has nothing to do with finding love. It's about creating a storyline. They can't just put 50 people in a room and hope it goes a certain way. No, that's not what they do at all. And former producer Alana Noel, whose podcast I will be recording later today, has been very outspoken about how the show operates. She came from Bad Girls Club, which if you've never watched the show, single-handedly um, sets feminism back about a thousand thousand years. Uh, but on those shows, they literally tell you, as she's made witness to us, that they want to make sure everyone knows we're filming a TV show and therefore they treat these contestants in a certain way that elicits a certain response, which would be okay if we didn't have a rabid audience who didn't understand. If somebody snaps at somebody else, maybe they just needed a Snickers bar. Maybe they were hungry. Maybe their limbic system was flared. We don't look at that. We just go, so-and-so's an asshole. So anyway, that's some interesting content from Iggy. I'll let you know how my conversation with Alana Noel goes. I'm sure it'll be interesting. And I'll have Vanderpump trailer coming to you right after the break.
And by the way, Hannah Brown has a new fictional book called Mistakes We Never Made. Uh, apparently, it's fiction because in the reality, it would have been, uh, what about Jed? <laughs> How about that mistake? Now, no offense to Jed. He actually might be a, uh, a member of our Driving with Dave community pretty soon. I think we're going to get him on the show. But either way, former Bachelorette star and New York Times bestselling author Hannah Brown comes in irrepressibly funny romantic comedy about two frenemies. Oh, very interesting. Mistakes We Never Made by Hannah Brown. Now, what are the odds she actually wrote this book? I'm guessing close to 5% chance. Uh, my guess is there's a ghostwriter. She's got a giant following, and that's the world we live in. All right. Uh, let's see. As promised, I was going to go to Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules Season 11 opener makes it clear Ariana Maydix is ready to spill the tea. So I'm going to share the trailer for you guys. It premieres tonight. As you know, I've uh, sort of become a new fan of Vanderpump. I've only watched season 11. I know I came for the, oh, excuse me, I only watched season 10, but I will be back. So I don't know if we'll recap it first thing in the morning episode or the afternoon episode tomorrow. I'm not sure, but we are sure to be covering Vanderpump. If you've never watched the show before, it's on Bravo. It's a completely different and yet very similar vibe to the audience of The Bachelor. I'm going to play the trailer here. Who knows how visual it is, but let's just have a listen. Get pumped to pick up the pieces. Exclusive sneak peek starts now. If I can survive what I thought was the worst case scenario, then I can do anything. All the doors are open for you. If I don't want to be around my ex, I literally don't have to. I'll just keep existing like I normally do in my own house. <clears throat> Why are they living together anyway? It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. This season on Vanderpump Rules. That's Ariana's side. Sandoval's side over here. Don't go over the line. For your own good, you gotta get out and start dating people again. I'm young, hot, single, ready to mingle. The worm is worming. If you're gonna be friends with him, she's gonna cut you off. <laughs> I can slide. Scumbag and cheaters! All right, so it is a montage of them both living their best life. I tell you what, I can't wait. It is so funny that Ariana and Tom Sandoval bought a home together, not married. I mean, look, I don't mean their pain is funny, but the fact he didn't want to sell and she does. She's now suing him in real life. And on the TV show, she refuses to make eye contact with him or be in the same room with him. But alas, they're going to have to film together. Uh, this show might have been on the verge of being canceled. I don't believe it's a conspiracy theory that he cheated on her and all these things happened. I think it's just a crazy story. I think it's so crazy. I couldn't imagine that they would have made it up. But hey, what do I know? Either way, that will be premiering tonight. We are so excited. I'm so excited about Vanderpump Rules Season 11 premiere. It's my new Super Bowl. Now, we actually have a Super Bowl coming up, the Chiefs versus the 49ers. And for those that are Taylor Swift fans, they'll be entering the mix as well. Here's a funny TikTok called Taylor Math Super Bowl Version. Have a listen. The Chiefs are going to Super Bowl 58. Five plus eight equals 13. 
What? 13 is Taylor's favorite number. She is doing all of this. Yeah, well, she has been to a lot of games. Says she's been to 12 so far. Super Bowl will be number 13. Yeah, and on the other side, a crazy comeback by the 49ers. 49. 4 plus 9 equals 13. Right. Anyway, the Niners are a good team. They're a one seed. What are the Chiefs? A three seed. One seed. Three seed. 13. Okay, but isn't she going to be in Japan for the Super Bowl on, like, February 11th? 2-11. Well, that's the day. 2 Plus 11 is 13. Uh, okay, but she can't possibly get there in time for the game. A nonstop flight from Tokyo to Vegas. Oh, I think I know where this is going. 13 hours. Okay, fine. I guess she could make it, but it's not 100%. 100. Oh, boy. 100 minus 13 is 87, which is Taylor's boyfriend's jersey number. You're really stretching it here. She huh? is a mastermind. Okay, but not everything is 13 related, right? Like, this game will be Travis Kelsey's 22nd playoff game. Oh, no, I immediately regret saying that. I don't know about you. Yep. I'm feeling 22. Are you going to be doing this for the next, I don't know, how long until the Super Bowl? 13 days. There it is, folks. All right, Taylor Swift taking over at the National Football League. All right, so many other stories to get to. Very happy for Shannon Doherty, and she shares miracle cancer update. Let's have a listen to what she had to say. You know, I'm on a, I'm not going to say what it, what it is, but I'm on a new, uh, you know, cancer infusion. Yeah. And, you know, after four treatments, we didn't really see a difference and everybody wanted me to switch. And, yeah. and I just kind of was like, we're going to keep going with this sure. and yeah. see. And, you know, yeah, after the sixth, seventh treatment, we really saw it breaking down the blood brain barrier. Mm -hmm. Do I call that a miracle? Yeah. For yeah. me, that happens to be a miracle right now that like, I sort of rolled the dice and said, let's keep going. And Dr. Piero and I, you know, after he looked at the tumor markers, he felt comfortable with that decision. Yeah. Um, and that it's actually breaking that blood brain barrier is a miracle of that drug of and a miracle of, you know, maybe God intervening and being like, I'm going to give her a break, yeah. <laughs> you know, y you know, sometimes you're looking for miracles yeah. in all the wrong places and they're right there. Yeah. in front of your face. There it is. Miracles are right there in front of your face. And that was part of her podcast, Let's Be Clear. She says her radiation oncologist, Dr. Amin Mirhadi, put her on a new cancer infusion. So uh, I always love to hear when people overcome uh, such bleak news. So good to hear. And here's a se separate yet interesting bleak story. Florence Pugh says the camera broke in Oppenheimer sex scene. I don't know about you guys. I have yet to watch Oppenheimer just yet. I mean, I plan on watching it, but, you know, I hear it's a long movie and I'm so behind on all of my content. Either way, here's what she had to say about that moment when, I don't know, maybe maybe they were maybe they were getting so steamy the camera malfunctioned. Have a listen. Oh, like I was given like an award where I was able to witness what it was like to be on set of how it was to make movies when movies started being made. It truly was like, this is how we make movies. We make movies with a great director, a great cinematographer, a great lighting team. Everybody was the best of their ability. And you don't want to fucking sit down because you want to talk to someone and you want to ask them yeah. questions. There was no moment in the day where you wanted to get your phone out. First of all, you weren't allowed to, but second of all, you wouldn't no want phones. to. Yeah. Like you wouldn't want to, you wanted to ask questions. In the middle of our sex scene, the camera broke. No one knows this, but it did. Our camera broke when we were both naked. And it was not ideal timing. And there weren't many cameras. And one camera was in the shop being fixed. And Chris turned and asked someone, where's the other camera? Camera was in the shop. Bad news for that person that gave him the news. 
And then we then had to figure out how to fix this camera. So Killy and I are in this room together and like it's a closed set. So we're both holding our bodies like this. And this camera surgeon comes into the room camera and surgeon. starts doing like on this camera because this camera is broken. And I'm like, well, this is my moment to learn. So tell me what's wrong with this camera. Like you just you just make your moments. And I'm like, what's going on with the with the shutter here, buddy? Anyway, he explains, and actually Chris comes in and tells me that it's because the light is coming in right. It's just crazy that every person on the set was so knowledgeable and was so ready to make this kind of a movie. All right, so there she is explaining how in a sex scene, uh, the camera went down. Can you imagine meeting the, the camera repair guy? Hey, honey, I'm going to go fix this camera, and you show up, and there's just naked A-listers. I'm like, what was the other guy's name? It's Killian Murphy. Is that his name? Either way, if, if, I, if, if, I, uh, if I was a camera fixer, <laughs> the camera doctor, and I went in, and it was like someone from my rom-com heyday, like Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson, <laughs> I would be like, oh, boy, this camera's going to take a while to fix. We're going to need a lot of time to fix it. They're like, just put the memory card in. I'm like, yeah, that too. We could do that. Uh, what are you guys doing for lunch after? Are we all hanging out? Let's party. All right. Well, I've got... Here's a quick story. Travis Scott gives janitor $5,000 mid-concert and says, you're off the clock. Tonight, we fiend. And um, I guess that's cool if you're the janitor, but I would be like, um, is that hard cash you're giving me? Because I wouldn't trust that he, I'd be like, all right, I'm the janitor. He promised $5,000 to, can I, where do I go to recoup my money? How does that work? Either way, good news for that janitor. They're never paid enough. And it's good to see, uh, you know, I would feel bad for the other janitor. That's the problem. You give it, you give away to one person, then you got somebody else right next to you. And everyone's like, hey, how about me? All right. Uh, I've got an update for you on the Clayton Ecker paternity scandal. And not a big one, but I'll just give you the quick update where we're standing, where we're at. And I'll have that for you right after another quick word of, from the sponsor. There was a uh, sort of an amendment to one of Clayton Eckerd's paternity documents. It was 72 pages long. To be quite honest, I don't think it included new information. I think it was just amended for the new motion, whereas Jane Doe is now saying she's no longer pregnant. So it slightly changes the arguments being made out there. But I will tell you this. I will be on the phone today with a documentarian. That's right. The, the documentarian I've been speaking with uh, is somebody who's trying to put together, you know, the right mood board for how how they think they can, you know, otherwise sell this show. Unless you're sort of, even when you are like an A-list director or an A-list writer, you still have to sell your show to the network in one way or another. So this documentarian has to bring all of the chips that they have to the you know, the person who buys these things, whether that's the VP of documentaries or VP of unscripted at Amazon or at Netflix or at HBO or Hulu, uh, Peacock, you know, whatever, one of these, um, you know, I'm trying to think, uh, 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 what's the other one? Uh, uh, VP, uh, what's the, what's the uh, one from jury duty, uh, VP, whatever, what, you know, you understand the point. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of networks out there. Uh, NBC, C-SPAN, I don't know, one of those. Well, this person needs as much information and I, you know, I have been cooperating to share as much as I can with them just to implore the idea of a documentary. When it comes down to it, they'll have to hire their own research team and comb through the papers and have their legal documents and set up. But it's important to, you know, 
if they if like let's say they get the eye of Netflix. It's important for Netflix to be like, hey, here's fifty thousand dollars. Go at it. Go get start making this project. And then what can happen is then the documentarian with the right funding up front immediately starts getting you know the casting people and the coordinators to work with everyone they need to work to to make this happen. A lot of layers to the story, but that will all work out. Um, you know, with the right funding, which I believe will come in part due to some of the conversations we're having today. And as always, like I say, Patreon eats first. I'll have all that information for you tomorrow morning. Again, apologies for being vague, but, uh, you know, just trust me, the, the smarter thing would be for me to not talk about this at all and just wait for the documentary to drop. But I'm also trying to encourage some of these other sources to speak who might be nervous. One of our sources is incredibly nervous. They don't want their life uprooted. They don't want smears said about them or all these things. I don't think they would care so much to know that Jane knows they're talking. I think what they don't want is just to be in the public eye or have their name Googled. In which case, I don't think it would hurt the story whatsoever if their voice was altered and they were shot behind the silhouette or any of that jazz. So that's perfectly fine. Maybe that's what will be done. But I think, you know, we've had so many people from Clayton's camp, namely all the victims saying, hey, we'll talk about this. It's absolutely insane. I think we finally have people from her side willing to talk. And if that doesn't sell this documentary, let me tell you something, nothing will. And in other dramatic news, we already mentioned Vanderpump Rules premieres tonight. Well, Ariana Maddox made her Broadway debut in Chicago with support from Vanderpump Rules co-stars. Here's the moment of her Curtain call. Have a listen. She's taking the bow. There they are, everyone. A seven minute curtain call. Uh, very exciting for Ariana to be living her dreams. So then she announces the Chicago Orchestra. Hey, I would go watch Ariana Maddox. I mean, I'd love to see the reviews now that she's made her premiere. Uh, wouldn't that be fun? Maddox's boyfriend, Dan Daniel, was also in attendance and sat by the reality star's mom, Tanya Carr. How exciting. The crowd stood up from their seats and roared with applause. And um, uh, Ariana wore her character's signature black tights and long sleeve sheer shirt under a black slip dress as she received several bouquets of roses. Very, from Dancing with the Stars to Chicago and so much more. You know, in, in the whole uh, sort of roadmap for finding success, let Ariana be an example of that. You never know what paths will come. But uh, will she fall from grace? In season 11 of Vanderpump, that's what we're going to find out. Who knows? I have no idea, but either way, we'll have to see how it all goes down. Oh, we're really bouncing around today. Please forgive me. Uh, David Letterman says he's Team Trailer. That's Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. He said, NFL haters, shut up. And I can't tell if he's uh, having fun with this mistake or dead serious. Have a listen to David Letterman mistaking Kelsey Grammer for Travis Kelsey. Have a listen. Taylor Swift, I don't think in the history of show business, in the history of popular culture, we've ever witnessed anything like this. Tremendous. She fills stadiums around the world and puts on a three-hour show. Now, we live in a world now where all we hear is nonsense and ugliness. 
and the nonsense can't be more nonsensical and the ugliness, God hopes it can't get any uglier, but that's all we hear. That's all we hear. So now here's Taylor Swift, who is a glowing bright light of goodness in the world, and she starts dating uh, Kelsey Grammer. And people No, that's go- not true. What? Kelsey Grammer? Yes. Yeah. And, An interesting parent. And go people ahead. go crazy. <laughs> and the, the Kelsey Grammer people say, oh, no, no, no. Don't bother us. We're all caught up in football. We don't want Taylor in football. And the Taylor Swift people, the Swifties, are saying, oh, we don't want a footballer in here with Kelsey Grammer. And I'm Travis saying, Kelsey. huh? Travis Kelsey. Right. Travis Kelsey. And I say to both camps, <laughs> This is such a lovely thing. Shut up. It's good for the footballers. It's good for Taylor Swift. And it's something positive and happy for the world. And also politically, Taylor Swift is a huge force and I think just wants to see people do the right thing. So God bless Taylor Swift and Kelsey Grammer. That's all I have to say. All right, there it is. That's a little fun to end on. All right, maybe he was just having a little mental slip up. Who knows? Either way, I'll be back in the morning with so much more content for you. Thank you guys all for sticking around and uh, be good out there. Call your moms. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Dave Neal. This is The Rush. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.